Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies. I am Garrett. And I am Carson. We're back after quite a healthy break. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was uh, Wakanda Forever, our last That was. And episode. I, I have nobody to blame but the movie industry because they gave me nothing to watch for a few Well, months. we were going to watch Violet Night, and then I got COVID. And so That's I true. was out for a while. And then you refused to watch Avatar. Correct. So uh nothing else was was available for us to talk about so we entered the new year fresh yeah and i i i am happy to announce that i am still avatar free it has not <laughs> happened i i have not which seen is it. ridiculous it, no it, it's just a ridiculous stance to be on no uh, I, all the movies that we watch and all the movies that we put up with you look, just refuse to watch avatar we told everybody at some point in the life of this podcast that we switched from going and seeing everything and doing weekly to we're gonna do what we want to see when we want to see it and I didn't have it in me to go see three hours and 10 minutes, three hours and 20 minutes of Avatar. I said, I said this before the break comes out on Disney plus. I'll be more than happy to have it on, you know, do whatever I need to do and watch it. But I'm not in the mood to go spend three hours and 15 minutes at the theater watching Avatar. Well, it is a movie theater movie. We've talked about that before. Yeah, there's some, care. there's some that are just better in the theater. No. And then, as our uh, a friend of the pod, uh, Dusty said, you know, for a movie that's setting all sorts of records in box office, for you to to just and we are a movie podcast. For us not not to even talk about it is uh, just ridiculous. So maybe maybe this summer we'll we'll come out with our hot Avatar two take. Uh, whenever you get around to, to I mean, watching it. That's the thing. Like, you can tell me that Fast Ten is going to end up being one of the top movies. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to go see Fast Ten in theaters. You are yet. too. Are you? No, serious? I don't think I. No, I, I'm. I'm. I'm beyond. You want to see Peak Diesel? No, that this last is his one, crescendo. No. This is this is his no. baby that he's been I'm putting sorry. together for years. No, it going into space is where I draw the line. I'm not. I'm not going to waste my time in theaters. <laughs> I've reached a point in my life where. I do love movies, yes. I don't enjoy going and spending my time or money locked in a theater watching something that I don't have a certain amount of expectations for. And that's why I didn't see Avatar. I can appreciate that it's going to break box office records and has. It's just, and I know what a theater movie is. Like, for sure, I would argue that Top Gun Maverick should be seen in theaters. But that's because it also has an appeal to me and it makes sense to me. Avatar, I don't care. I, I I don't think it's possible to articulate how little I care about the Avatar franchise. So I certainly don't care in what medium I see it on. I'm I might end up watching it on my phone. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> Big middle finger to James Cameron. I'm gonna right. watch it on my phone. Right. Like yeah. Oppenheimer, yeah. Christopher Nolan, I will go see it in theaters because I'm interested in Christopher Nolan. I like watching his movies in theaters, but I'm sorry, Avatar doesn't do it for me. So I like how you you 
focus the whole franchise. It's only been one movie that that you discounted, and yeah, then, <laughs> this is that was only a sequel. They've been talking about it for for so long that you think that there'd be eight movies by now. But right, like it's, it's uh, just like two. there's only you, two of them. You could tell me Zack Snyder's new movie is going to break records. I'm not doing it. I'm not seeing another Zack Snyder movie in theaters. I'm I mean, saying. I've heard your your Avatar uh, stance for about three years running now. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not. I'm not overly surprised, but but Fast right. Ten, we've invested nine movies in this. As a no. completionist, we have to knock this out. Oh, this I'm saying I, I will see it probably. I will watch it. I'm not going to the theaters to see it. Yes, you will. No. Yes, you will. I, I genuinely will not. Do not put that on our schedule or calendar. It will not be covered <laughs> on this podcast. I'm not going to the theaters to see Fast Ten. By, by popular demand, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. The fans demand you, you can, Fast you Ten. You can run a solo show. You can get Dusty on here. I'm good. I, I just... I don't need to sit there and deal with what I dealt with in Fast 9 for two hours. I don't need to see how, But the thing is, how are they going to top it? Because you know they are. Because how ridiculous can their brains go? That's that's the appeal. It's not it's, like this is going to be an Oscar-worthy movie. Yeah. It's how how are they really going to put this together? The, the yeah, brainchild I mean, of Vin Diesel. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm slightly intrigued, but it's not worth me paying my money and, and sitting there for And Don't you want to see Dom's character arc? You know, finally come to a conclusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that big arc. I mean, we already killed him and brought him back. Although I, I have to say my interest is piqued by the first image released of him in his mechanic shirt because... We haven't seen that yet. That's Lord knows that's not that. the same picture we've seen in every Fast movie before in this, so... I don't know. I just I, I'm at, I I'm kind of becoming a little bit of a theater snob. I kind of want to just go see the movies I want to see, and the rest of them I'll wait for. And I kind of put it on the movie industry, pique my interest. Like, let's talk about this movie, for instance. Knock at the cabin looked looked pretty intriguing to me. So okay, let's get out and go see it before you know the buzz starts happening and chatter goes on, and we all know it's an M Night Shyamalan movie, and that seemed like okay, that'll get me off my couch to go see. But you, but what if someone ruins Fast Ten for you with spoilers? You know, by the time uh, you get around to you could it. you can spoil me for Fast Ten all you want. In fact, I would love to be spoiled on Fast Ten because then that even justifies me not going to the theater even more. I'm like, okay, this stupid shit happened. Like Vin fine. Diesel was a scroll all along. Yeah, I, I don't know. But anyways, so that's why we've been gone for a little while. Uh, I, for, I completely forgot that we both saw Violent Night and that you got COVID. Totally forgot about that. But no, I still haven't seen it. Oh right, I that's right. I thought I you was were supposed good. to. Now yeah. I was supposed to go. Uh, we had tickets and then got COVID. Didn't think people in the theaters wanted me there. Yeah. So we didn't go, and then uh, it just didn't get back on the list. And by the time I was ready to go, it uh, was out of theaters. Yeah. So uh, and this I still is like so- to see it. It's right up my alley. Yeah, it I'd is. like to see how it compares to Santa's sleigh with Bill Goldberg. Well, <laughs> and this is how picky I'm becoming too. Like. You know I love Damien Chazelle. I did not go to the theaters to see Babylon. Um, it just that was another one that we tried to, and it was gone before we, before you know, holidays got through. Like, okay, things are calming down. You go, let's go see Babylon. It's like it's not showing anywhere right. that is around here. So that's that's where I, I'd say that's a good argument. Uh, your counterpoint to like how I, you know, I'm against Avatar and everything. Babylon has. I love Brad Pitt. I like Margot Robbie. I'm I'm a vocal proponent of Damien Chazelle from Whiplash to La La Land to First Man. But this one just didn't have the appeal for me to go sit again in a theater for three plus hours and go see. Now, Batman did. I went and watched a three-hour movie in the theaters for Batman, but Avatar, Babylon, just didn't seem like it was worth my time. Don't you, you don't feel like you get a little extra, because the ticket price is the same. You get a little extra hour. 
No, I see it as a, like I make way more than four dollars an hour. Well, I uh, hope my so, job. But so that's... I'm not <laughs> that that four dollars. Like I I will but pay you four dollars to make me not see it. But these are entertainment dollars, you know. So one thing uh, my father always says, he could get like an hour of entertainment out of a ten dollar toy, then it was worth it, you know, for for us kids to play with yeah. it. And like, hey, that, that that was worth it. You know, so the ticket the ticket price didn't change. You get an extra hour of no. You know, Van Damage. You know? Well, sure, if you're talking about an extra hour of Van Damage, but we're not. We're talking an extra hour of Blue People or an extra hour of Babylon. So, Jean Claude Van Damme comes out with a three hour movie, you're in. If the trailer looks interesting enough to me, sure. If he actually makes it to theaters, you should go <laughs> right. support him. Uh, that's, that, is an, that is a very, very fair statement. Uh, <laughs> it'd be great to see a three hour blood sport. I would, I would be all in for that. <laughs> I don't think we're getting that these days, but you know. It's worth it's worth wishing, right? All right, right. All right. So we are going to talk knock at the cabin. If you haven't picked up on that already, um, I'm going to hit us with the usual stuff: the blurb, director, cast, and then we'll get going. Uh, while vacationing at a remote cabin, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand that the family make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. With limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. Directed by M. Night Shyamalan, who has done Sixth Sense, Signs, After Earth, and some other bad movies. Uh, <laughs> cast. Dave Batista, Abby Quinn, Rupert Grant, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, Kristen, I believe it's Quee, and Nikki Am- Amica Bird. Okay. I feel like we have a very jaded Garrett in 2023. So that's going to be... Well, that's not really that's jaded. <laughs> what I, I probably misspoke there. So what I was trying to say is I gave him kudos for Six Cents and Signs. But the reality with Shyamalan is there's After Earth and several other bad movies that come along with it. So I didn't want to paint the rosy picture that you know you just get the the Shyamalan that existed up through Signs and Unbreakable and all that. But you got to take into account, you know, Lady in the Water, After Earth, Avatar the Last Airbender. So he's he's kind of come back around to be more of a mixed bag these days. He had his highs, he had his lows, now he's treading water. So I just kind of felt like I had to even the pot a little bit, right? I give you six cents, I give you signs, and you did after Earth. Even Michael missed a few, you know. Michael? Jordan. Oh, I was trying to think of directors with Michael. I'm like, what Michael the? Bay. Even Michael Bay missed yeah. a few movies. Good call. You got to Michael Bay way faster than I did. I, was, I couldn't think of a single Michael Michael, Michael Mann? Damn. No, Crichton doesn't direct us. He I know. just writes. Okay. No. Michael Mann. Yeah. Okay. So, Spoiler so for we you. We are in a cabin right now. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. The uh, The trailer intrigued me. So yeah. I, I was coming in of like, okay, I'd like to see where they go with this. That's mm-hmm. kind of, and, and you said that's what got you to the theater, which apparently is much more difficult these days. So Fact. what about the trailer got you there? Um, well, I'm not going to lie. There's still, I, I will go to my grave with some kind of aura around M. Night Shyamalan, right? Like, I, I think if you grew up when we did and Sixth Sense and those movies hit when they did for us, which... You know, 99 would have been, you know, just getting out of high school and then roll that into Unbreakable and Signs into early 2000. I mean, those are some pretty formative years for consuming media, right? You're coming into adulthood. You're kind of shaking the 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 kid movies, the stupid humor. You're kind of advancing your taste. Your palate's getting a little bit more refined. So we get into this world where we stumble upon this director who just blows your mind. You know, two or three straight movies makes really good suspenseful stuff. So all that being said... um, I, I'm still going to give, 
you know, when he went real bad, you know, with After Earth and all that kind of stuff, you know, you you kind of start to set him aside. But then, you know, he kind of redeems himself with uh, Split and Glass and, you know, a few other movies. Um, I did uh, Old. I saw Old. It was fine. But, like, he's he's kind of, he feels like he's doing just enough to be on the cusp of becoming interesting again. And so I think, I don't know if I'm more invested in the movie or the concept of Shyamalan's redemption, right? Because I would love for him to just crush one more, right? Like, just really hit that home run. So I think, to answer your question, there's part of me that has that desire or that my, my curiosity is always going to be piqued with M. Night Shyamalan. What am I about to get here? But then it's just like, it seemed like a... Uh, first, okay, second, Dave Batista. I, I kind of want to see Dave Batista. I, I'm becoming a fan. And then mm-hmm. third, just like it, it's some, it seemed like a really condensed, tight concept that wasn't going to be this sprawling, be bigger than what it needs to be. It was just like almost like a play, almost because it's all I assumed all set in one cabin. This really tense scenario, and I just kind of wanted to see how it was going to play out. So it was enough to just make me be like, okay, yeah, cool. Let's let's go see this. So. You keep giving Shyamalan a pass, right? So have you seen everything he's done? Mm, no, not everything. I still don't think I've seen Lady in the Water. I don't think I saw Airbender. Um, I forgot he did. He did Airbender? I would have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Um, let me pull up his filmography because I I would say, if I were to just think about it, I would say I've probably seen... Not all of his movies, but maybe I'm like just two or three shy. So here, let me just kind of run through. Let's just keep it at yeah. the big ones, right? Lady in the Water, I have not seen. After Earth, I've seen. The Happening, I've seen. Knock at the Cabin, I've seen. No Last Airbender, I've seen The Village. I've seen Signs. I've seen Unbreakable. I've seen Glass, Old, Six Sense, Split. I have not seen The Visit with the, the grandparents. So out of, let's see, four, eight... 12, 13 that I just said, I have not seen four. So I'm nine of 13. That, I think that's a yeah. good number. Well, in the last airbender, that was, you know, cartoon turned into mm-hmm. a movie. So you anime, don't think you're, you're going to get uh, mad at you. The what? It's an uh, anime. anime. You're going to have ex- people mad at you. Ex- excuse me. It is animated. Uh, <laughs> an animated show. Uh, it's a really good show. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And then went and saw the, the movie and it was, I think, aged down. Uh, than what people wanted um, mm-hmm. and so but it wasn't like you're going to get your Shyamalan twist you know you're not going to get that heady type thing because he jumped genres on mm-hmm. us uh, but the rest of them you know it's kind of like okay let's give him another shot maybe mm-hmm. like you said there's a maybe there's a diamond in the rough here you know get yourself out of this because he's certainly capable but then he also got tagged with the there's going to be a twist at the end and so all you're trying to do during any movie that you see is waiting for a twist Mm -hmm. because that's that's what he does he does the twist (laughs) exactly but no i was you know big uh batista fan uh he's uh been in the news quite a bit uh hitting a lot of uh a lot of movies coming out this year this is the year of drax so uh you get what dune 2 guardians of the galaxy this one i think there's one more uh, coming out so he's uh um uh, trying to establish himself as not just the big guy but it's hard not to bring it up in the movie you know you have right. a guy <laughs> of his of his stature yeah and how do you not have somebody recognize how how huge he is right you know and so he's he is acting like a normal person but yeah 
I mean, elephant in the room, he's the elephant in the room. And so yep. they even kind of mentioned it in this one, I was like, no, the big freaking guy at the door, the guy's huge. You know, you have to, you have to bring it up. So that's the one thing against him being cast in certain roles, or at least did you have to, to mention it, but he's definitely trying to put his acting chops on. Yeah. And I, I think he's doing a pretty good job so far. Uh, I actually saw an article that I have bookmarked. I haven't read it yet, but it was like basically saying uh, the case for Dave Batista being the best uh, actor turned, no wrestler turned actor that there is. Um, that's not saying much to be perfectly honest, but you know, well, he, I think he has Hogan to be considered and the rock to compete with. Well, there's others, you know, Roddy Piper did some back in the day. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Miz was in like Marine five. John Cena. I guess Cena would be higher on the list. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But so not, yeah, uh, we had the same conversation when me and uh, the fam left the movie theater. It was like, look, you know, I don't think Dave Batista is being typecast because he's not being, build as the big guy in every time but we were like do we think that they like wanted to cast a big guy or do you think they cast batista and then had to write the lines of like okay you're massive like we have to acknowledge this yeah i i think i would like to think that they wrote this and then as they're casting like okay this is the this is the guy we have to change some stuff yeah i I think so i mean beyond one scene uh, which really could have been a man of any any size, but they just played it up to his his girth. Yeah, um, it uh, it didn't have to be you know really anybody. Right. There is you know? one scene in particular that happens that I thought his size came into play. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. But it was funny because my me and my family all had the same reaction, which I think was probably most everybody's reaction to this scene. But um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, it's going to be hard to talk about a Shyamalan movie spoiler free. So I guess I'll just call out some of the main things before we dive in, in terms of what I thought and get your reaction to them. Um, I thought it was well acted. Not that anybody was like a standout by any means, but I didn't think anybody brought the level of the movie down from being acted. Uh, I think that I I think Shyamalan's just got a, he's a really good, um, so even when I think he struggles as a director to do whatever he's trying to do, I think he's got a good sense for how to build tension visually. He's done that ever since the sixth sense and signs. I mean, signs in particular, like those moments where the alien walks across the screen or like when Mel Gibson's looking under the, the pantry door, he, he films them in a way that creates tension. Even sometimes when I don't think there really should be tension there. And the way he does it is just very, very good. So I thought it was filmed very well. I thought it was acted very well. Um, in general, I, I thought it was fairly tight. I thought it kept the runtime pretty short. I, it, it, it may have even bled a little long at one forty. Um, my biggest complaint about the movie, keeping it spoiler free would be it, it never builds to a crescendo. It never ramps up to something. Um, I, and I don't it's hard to get to this point without being a spoiler, but it kind of does the same thing um, through a couple of different iterations. And so that kind of loses its appeal. And you're kind of wondering where is this all going? What's this going to build to? And I think you, you know what the target is as to where it's going, but I think in your mind, maybe because it's Shyamalan or because you're hoping there's some other kind of, again, kind of peak that it's building to, you kind of expect something more and it doesn't really take you there. It just kind of keeps you, 
level the entire time. Um, and that to me is what really, really hurt this. I never felt like this max tension or this max buildup. It sort of, to me, set its bar very early and just stayed right at that bar. So you mentioned a couple things there. You say, which I, I do agree with that he is in his movies very good at building the tension. I don't feel like that was done uh, very well beyond like the initial meeting of the four. Like beyond that, I don't feel like that. I guess I guess what you mentioned is it, it got to a plateau, yeah, and, and and more stayed there. But well, in his other movies, there's those throughout that make yes. you uh, kind of on the edge of your seat, or there, there's there's some something creepy or making making you think about something. And I don't feel like we got that in this movie. Um, you mentioned the agree. acting. I think the acting was was fine across the board. I feel like the best actor is Jonathan Groff. Yes, I, I agree with feel, that. I feel like he's the best actor, but actually, I don't feel like he was the best actor in this movie. And so, um, I, he would. Like, I, I would put it between him and Batista. Uh, see, I his. Uh, oh my gosh, I don't even know his name. The husband. Ben, yeah, yeah. Ben Aldridge. I, I feel like he did a better job than, than Groff, and I expected a better performance out of Groff just from what I've known him from. Well, what I would say to that is, I think that has to do with the writing. I think they let. Um, the other guy have more yelling and screaming and more dynamics to him. Groff's character, I mean, this isn't too much of a spoiler, but yeah. Groff's character gets concussed early on, so he's kind of out of it for a little bit. And then he quickly, he's the more like melancholic, subdued one. He doesn't have, like, if you look at their backgrounds, again, I don't think I'm giving anything away here. Like, the, the backstory that they tell is Groff's had it pretty good in his life people accept him he's Mm -hmm. all that this other guy doesn't have that so his character has an interesting backstory there's reason why he has the emotions he has so i think he was just given more range that that's fair that's fair and so it's it's easier to um want to know more uh Uh, engage engage with his character for sure you know you you feel more again he's like you said dynamic he's more dynamic character in the movie and so uh i think you gravitate more towards his performance than than others yeah exactly to your point what you just said there's a little bit of mystery around his character right they even like what little backstory you get when you see it between groff and this guy groff's not the interesting one in the backstory it's the other guy so like everything that's there makes you more interested in this guy and he did a really good job so uh, um yeah i don't want to say he he was a bad actor i mean yeah i I think the three of them in my mind both the leads and and then batista are, are all pretty close but for different reasons so um, definitely not enough to, you know, it, it, we're splitting hairs at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, my basic comment on this, uh, is I, uh, my analogy is that this is a Saturday night live sketch and where I'm going with that is I always feel like Saturday night live has great ideas for the sketch and just doesn't quite execute mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, that was, that was a hilarious concept. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like the concept and there's like, oh, they went just a completely different way than I, and I thought it'd be so much funnier. Like they had, they could have played that very differently. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this concept was, was very intriguing, very interesting. And I don't think they, they went, uh, a direction that was interesting enough for me mm-hmm. to, to handle. And I'll, and I'll get more into the spoilers uh, yeah. of the whys behind that. Uh, and I feel like where they, they dropped the ball on, on some of these pieces, 
but I feel like there was a lot to be desired from when they started and when they ended. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, that's what I mean about the plateau, right? It got me in really quickly, and then I just don't I don't know if it's even the writer's fault or the director's fault or anything. It just I don't even have a good solution for where this movie could have gone. I, I kind of feel like this movie is what it is. Um, so I, I, again, I don't well, know how to really improve it. Well, to me, it was the writer. If it wasn't, I don't know if you wrote this or not. Uh, uh, it was, a, it was based on a book. So there's a book. Okay. Yeah. So to, to me, it was, it was the writing, not, not the, uh, not the directing because there's only so much you could do if that's, if that's where you wanted to end end game. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm getting the spoilers of what I think and what I feel like dragged it down and, and mm-hmm. kept it where it was. But I do think it was the writing, not the directing, that kept it yeah. where we're at. I did some reading, and I, I, I read what the book ending was, and I'll share that with you in the spoiler section. I'd be interested to see if you think that that is a better ending than what we got in the the movie version, because he changed it. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he um, twisted unbeknownst to the to right. the audience. Well, okay. he, he changed it a little bit, so I don't know <laughs> if it's twisted. But um, so I'm at a three on this. Like I, I didn't really think it feels fine to me, right? Like didn't dislike it, but I'm also not going to rave about it. I, I I think some people might gravitate towards it more than others. I do think there's going to be a certain section of the public that. Um, even at an hour and 40 is my maybe going to think it feels long because of that lack of kind of what we say going anywhere. But in the world of three hour movies, like we talked about, I thought my 140 went by really quickly and I was, I was entertained and I thought it was fine. It was solid. Shyamalan stringing me along again. I'll be in for the next one. <laughs> right. right. He didn't lose you completely, but exactly. he, he, didn't, he didn't win you back over exactly. so much. So he gets, he gets another swing. Maybe that's, that's his just... trick. Don't set the bar too high, but don't lose the bar. Just keep don't, it right at just it. Just keep it right there. Yeah, yeah. so I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm at a three. Uh, I was entertained throughout. You know, I kept thinking, well, where's this going to go? So mm-hmm. he had me at least interested as far as that goes. Um, I think in two years, if you ask me, you know, have you seen Knock in the Cabin? <laughs> I mean, I don't remember much about any of that, but yes, I've right. seen it. You know, uh, it's one of those I feel like it's just going to get lost in the it will. in the recesses of my mind, you know, somewhere back there. Um, so, but again, uh, we enjoyed the experience. I didn't walk out hating it Didn't walk out. Yeah. Like you said, not going to rave and say, Hey, hey, you guys got to go see it. Um, but, uh, I, we, we enjoyed our, our outing. So yeah, it would certainly be one of those, like, sometimes my mom will hit me up and be like, is there anything good worth seeing right now? And I'd be like, well, you know, cabin in the, or knock at the, I'm always going to call it cabin cabin in the woods. Yeah. That's my (laughs) go-to every time. Um, I'd be like, you know, knock at the cabins. Fine, it's quick. You know, if you're just looking to go do something, you know, hour forty minutes, go do it. I I think it's fairly family friendly. I mean, even the the violence that's in there is like it cuts away a lot. So it, mm-hmm. it, is it PG thirteen? Because it really feels like PG thirteen. It, it feels like they did that. Yeah, for okay. PG thirteen. Yeah, that's what I thought. So yeah, I, I would recommend people see it if they're looking for something to do. But it's certainly not like a hey, you better go see this before cats out of the bag or before everybody ruins it. Bef- Definitely not one. Yeah, of those. or before it goes out of theaters. Yeah, sure. Don't, don't you, go rush to see it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Spoilers. Spoilers. All right. Let's do it. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Okay. 
Uh, before I forget, the one thing I wanted to mention about Dave Batista's size is there's no way he was fitting out that window in the bathroom. So it should have been really obvious he was hiding in the shower. Well, didn't they look at the window and be like, there's no way? I, I, I think there might have been something like that? that, but I think my mind went there well before even the character might have said it. Like it was instant. I was like, "Oh, that Dave Batista's is not fitting out that that window." Yeah, that's why. That's why <laughs> I think they said something. I don't know okay. if it was me, me internally, uh, my <laughs> wife either. saying it next to me, oh, but but I felt like they acknowledged that. Yeah, no, no freaking way he's fitting through yeah. that window. I saw <laughs> you know, somebody. That's, that's why they. That's why they went to the shower <laughs> immediately. I saw somebody <laughs> online say that uh, Batista getting out of that would look like Winnie the Pooh trying to get out of his little <laughs> house. I was that, I that was pretty funny. You got the honey hole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Yes, that. But then the the scene right after that in the shower where he throws somebody across the room uh you're like like there's there's batista yeah <laughs> you know he just, just tosses him he's a mountain of a man yep yep um okay so, go yeah, ahead i'm gonna i'm gonna start here my biggest gripe i think is you have this really cool concept of the visions and they were instructed to build these weapons a specific way and the first guy never even used his Yep. Like, he just has this weapon and nothing. And then nothing that they had made, like they didn't use it in any special way. Right. There was no benefit to why she had to screw this, this mallet on the end of this thing, you know? And it's like, it's like, that could have been really cool if it was used somehow. And I was really engaged in the weapons because they all were told how to build their weapons. And so mm-hmm. I'm, that's where I, I thought that was a major letdown of those went nowhere. Oh, I I don't care about that. I I actually just chalked it up to maybe there's some weaponry in the Bible for the four horsemen of the apocalypse that some symbolism, symbology there that I I didn't know. Um, and so I didn't really care. I was like, whatever, they, okay, these are weapons, but yeah. And they also used a, a different four horsemen of the apocalypse that I'm that I'm familiar with. So that I was, don't even know them. But I was going to so ask you, like, d- did you did you assume that that's what it was going into the movie? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. me too. I I don't know enough about them. I mean, the only four horsemen I know are from wrestling, but I'm aware of the four One horsemen of, them of wasn't the apocalypse. Arn Anderson? <laughs> no, it wasn't Mongo <laughs> McMichael. Um, but so I didn't. I, I'm aware of the concept of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And then when this movie was about what it was about, and in the trailer you see four people, I'm like, okay, I'm fully expecting this to be four horsemen of the apocalypse. I just assume maybe there was some kind of again uh, symbolism there with the weapons, maybe that I'm not aware of, but I. I, I don't care. That had no relevance to me or the movie, honestly. It just seemed it seemed odd one that the guy knew his plan was to die first and not even get to use his weapon. Like they knew how it was supposed to be played out. Well, right? but the maybe he guy. didn't know how much he was gonna have to fight prior to the whole you know, judgment going down or whatever. But again, I think it was okay. more just a be cool or whatever. I don't know. It, and it was, it was cool. I kind of liked it. That's why I was so engaged in, yeah. like, okay, Drax put together this weird pitchfork axe thing. Yeah. You know, why, when is he supposed to use that? And you mm-hmm. you thought if there was going to be some correlation to the visions, these weapons would have done something. And right. something where only she had this mallet thing on the end of hers that would have come in handy at some point. Yeah. And whether it's to knock down the door or whether that's to, you know, somehow they break in with it or mm-hmm. whatever, uh, at least use it in a way that made the visions tie into those. Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of a letdown for me. Okay. Yeah. Didn't bother me any. Well, I mean, especially because there was no reasoning 
I mean, <laughs> not reasoning. That's, that's, because you're they're bouncing back to are these people crazy or is this mm-hmm. really happening right mm-hmm. and in my mind i was also toying with the idea of this happens far too often and each one of them had killed somebody in their family and which is why they're so insistent on these people doing it cuz they've already been in their shoes oh and and i thought that would have been a cool Cool yeah, thing. but Dave I, Dave has done this before. Uh, I can't that would be you. a little bit ridiculous given the scope of everything because, I mean, the scale at which these things happen. Well, uh, I, I was saying would, it wasn't. The world even, would know. It didn't even have to be real. It didn't have to be oh. world disasters. It'd be this cult of people think that you know that they are saving the world and they've done it, and so these gotcha. four people have have done it and kind of continued on, and maybe. They've done it four times, and they've you know, increased their numbers to each. Yeah. So something like that. That's kind of where my brain was was going was while I was watching this. Yeah, not the natural disasters that were going on. Sure. So Wait. what was the ending? What was the real ending? <laughs> oh, the okay. So the real ending. Uh, what I read was that basically, and this is probably a really bad Cliff's notes of it, but it was that um, the daughter actually gets, I think, inadvertently killed during the shenanigans in the cabin and after the batista character kills himself the the husbands just decide that um because they lost their daughter they just don't really care anymore and they're willing to ride out the rest of of the earth yeah the end of the earth but i guess the book doesn't really allude to whether things are actually real or not so they they walk away knowing or not knowing really what's if what's happening is true or not, but they've kind of just decided that because they lost their daughter, they don't really care. So I guess it leaves it more open-ended. Um, like I said, I think that's a really bad Cliff's Notes version of it, but that's what I remember reading. Did you think she was going to die at any point? Um, No, I really didn't. It didn't feel like that kind of movie, first of all, so that would have been a little bit shocking to me. And then um, I, I just didn't... Um, I don't know where they would have gone from that. I mean, clearly the book did it, but I just didn't feel in the context of the movie that that was something that was going to happen. So, you know, they kept they kept doing flashbacks and kind of revealing more of the backstories of each character. You know, they, they realized that he got attacked by this guy before for being gay, mm-hmm. you know, beat up in the bar, and then you're, you're learning more about each person. And I, I didn't know if they were going to do something where one of the uh, the guy, the married couple was maybe not really into adopting at all. And they're mm-hmm. doing some sort of flashback and that was going to be some sort of strife, you know, but, but as they, as they were going, it was like, okay, they're, they're both, they're both very happy with their family, you know? So, so, that, so if they introduce this now, you know, at the very end when they had to pick something, I was like, like, this is not going to go, you know, over well at all if they're even debating you know the yeah who, who's, who's gonna die i'm like this is <laughs> like the, the, this would be very poorly executed if it's if it's not one of them already and yeah so is uh but at the beginning of the movie like, i just kind of wonder where they're gonna go and of course i'm waiting for my Shyamalan twist that never came so that's the twist in this movie is there was no twist yeah exactly that's i think that's exactly what i said coming out of the movie i expected something to be there and there wasn't um which i in hindsight i'm glad because at some point the movie got i think it was uh when the planes were falling right 
that to me crossed a point that you can't come back from. The earthquakes, you'd be like, are they rigging the TV? You know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. The the plague thing was, I mean, especially in a post-COVID world, the plague, the 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 flu thing was wonky to me because it's like, that's not how sure. fast it happens. Um, like it just immediately people are showing up in hospital. Like that's that's not. Well, even what? one of the, uh, I should know his name, Eric. Yeah, I can't remember which is which. Well, he was like, I I read something about this last week that there was an outbreak. You know, so they're just timing stuff up, old news things, and so he's so he's planting that seed in our mind that this is all a hoax. So, and then and then I put myself in their shoes. I'm like, well, clearly they're just turning on one news station. Yeah, you know, and and I was like, this doesn't even look like a real news station. You know, but but it's (laughs) it's like like, this is easily be faked. And so, would you believe any of this? I'm like, no. Like right now, I'm like, oh, you put it on TV, so I'm supposed to believe. You know, it's like, okay, I'll kill my family member because of that. Exactly. So then, to me, when it showed the planes coming down, I immediately was like, okay, I think he's backed himself into a corner here. This has to be real. It has to actually be happening. There's no way it. They showed it outside, right? Not just on news. Um. So initially, it's just on the news. And then when when it starts getting real bad, like right before or right after Batista kills himself, then it they they like the skies are turning black and there's some planes falling around them and lightning hitting. Okay. But I would say even before that, once they showed video footage of like the planes coming down, um, I was just like, okay, we, we we're we're committed to this idea, and for you to twist me out of this idea is going to take something so absurd that I don't think. I don't think it's going to be remotely believable or good. So if you try to twist your way out of this, it's going to be one awful twist. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of knew at that point that it was like, okay, this is all real. And then I still was expecting a twist up until the very end, just not about what the what was happening was real or not, just yeah. something else from out of left field. I, again, I didn't know what that was. So I kind of appreciate that there was no twist in this. Um, unfortunately, there's not a twist and there's also not a crescendo, right? Because like we talked about in the beginning, it's three different people judging them, three different cataclysms happening, but like to what end, right? Like no, no one was bigger than the other. Now, clearly after Batista kills himself, they they kind of understand that it's real because the skies are darkening all this stuff. And there's that last moment where you're supposed to feel the tension of what are they going to do? Is he going to kill his husband or what do we... So like there, there's still a little bit of indecisiveness about what's going to happen, but it just didn't ramp up intention, like you said, for me to be like I was really on the edge of my seat. By that point, I'm like I've waited through three iterations of the same thing over like a 20 mm-hmm. minute cycle, and I don't feel like I've gone anywhere. So can we just kind of make our decision and move on about this? Because like that to me was the end game, right? You either whether he killed the husband or whether they just decide to all walk off into the end of the world together. Like I, that's those are the same two paths I thought existed from minute 10 of this movie. <laughs> so right. like. Or hell, you could even argue the trailer, right? From the trailer, this the the premise never changes. The idea never changes. I was under the impression that this was all real, anyways, from the trailer because they show big tidal waves and people running from it and planes falling out of the sky. So, like, I mean, how hokey would it have been for them to fake this on the TV? I'd be like, oh god, that's right. one of the worst reveals ever. So, like, it it's truly one of those that trailer gives you everything. You're just kind of along for the ride. The ride was fine, but I, I wish it had gone to something bigger. It was a I think you hit on a, a major point of this movie that would have uh, made me enjoy it exponentially, really, of keeping that stuff hidden. Of mm-hmm. You're really bouncing back between, is this even real? Mm-hmm. Should I kill my husband? 
you know, we don't even know if it's real versus do we want to save the world or just be us, you know, right. because that that's a different choice than save, potentially save the world mm-hmm. or these people were lunatics, you know, right. like, so, uh, so it's like, I'm going to kill based on what we've known. And so there's the, the bouncing and then he kills him. And then you realize maybe it wasn't real. And then you have that mist like moment. Um, right. Or, you have okay i killed him and we did the right thing we saved everybody so it, it's just a well, different way of thinking about it about the movie and when you're sitting there in the audience you're like who is this even real and when they're debating like don't do it because it's fake right you know having that kind of conflict but i like i like that i like that they show them what's going on though because it makes the characters in line with the audience we don't know more than they do we don't know less than they do so i like that part of it i also think that it lines up with Batista and them's motivations, right? Because you're told from the beginning and you don't know this, but like that they're good people. They don't want to be doing this. They have these visions. They think it's going to be real. They truly want, they they're like, they're treating it with care, right? We don't want you to have to kill each other. We're trying to make this as easy as possible, but you know, we're trying to convince you to do this to save all of humanity. So it makes sense that they would show them what's going on on the TV because what they want is for them to kill one of each other so that, all of humanity is saved. So it all adds up to me. Do you think that there's, you needed something more from Batista's group that proved to them uh, beyond their visions that this was real? You know, really the only thing we got is we all made weapons and we all met <laughs> yeah. up and they, they always happened to be there at the same time. Yeah. Like that's, that, that's it. That's the only thing that proved to them that I have to have this family and kill myself. Not only are you killing yourself, but you're making people kill kill each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, kind of, because you're kind of just told instead of shown, which is one of my you know age-old repetitive things we talk about in this. Is like, you know, if we had gotten a little bit of, of that backstory of each of them and seen the visions that they've seen, you know, would we have felt it a little bit different? But I can kind of understand where if you've been haunted by these visions the whole time, then you meet up with these people and they're wearing the exact clothes that were in your vision and had the exact weapon that you had in your vision and they saw the cabin in their vision, all this stuff. If you were having these visions and it's all coming to reality, I mean, yeah, you're probably going to believe it. And then, you know, obviously when Batista starts citing the, you know, he's like, this is exactly what I saw with the wave. And the other lady says, this is exactly what I saw with the virus and the newscast. Like, I don't know. I think okay, they did a so, fair okay, job Okay, so that. That, that, that point right there. So him reciting the newscast proved nothing to me. But if he was repeating somebody else that was in the cabin, you know, mm-hmm. maybe one of the two guys saying something, it's like, I've seen this before already. I know exactly what you're going to say. And then somehow did it that way versus the... Well, it, it only reiterates that, hey, this even more so tells me this is pre-recorded and shown yeah, on TV. Yeah, but I think the difference maker for the guy was that he had seen... He heard that the earthquake happened four hours earlier. So he was already discrediting that one. He had read about the um, the flu or whatever that virus was going around. But it was pretty clear that they interpreted the planes falling out of the sky as live happening right now. So it couldn't have been pre-recorded. And clearly, they weren't even considering the idea that this could have been like, you know, CGI, whatever, right? Which would have been hokey. So I think at that point, he believed when he saw the planes falling out of the sky, this is live. This is real. This is something that can't be faked. It wouldn't have been pre-recorded. I would have heard about this. And then knowing that it's live TV, he assumed that there's no way Batista could have known what she was going to say. So that's when it just all started clicking for him. So that makes sense to me. I just thought it would have been more powerful if he was 
quoting somebody in the room as they were saying i don't know how you you would have done that sure the guy would have stopped talking right you know well, you know but but it's like I, i've seen this before you know yeah uh, I, but it just seems weird that it was on on tv and again they're already yeah. doubting the tv well and, and so, i think they could have hammered it home on that by just being a little bit more newscasty about it and Having the newscaster say, and I mean, how many times when you turn on any news channel that you watch on TV, do they they have the clock and they have the date right there, right? So it wouldn't sure. have been hard to like make sure that that's part of the picture or have the lady say, hey, it's, you know, February 12th at, you know, 2.45 in the afternoon. And like, you know, just, it would like just reaffirm like that's live. There's no way, I mean, if they were, it couldn't be pre recorded. It could have been staged and manipulated, sure, yeah. but like that seemed to never enter the picture as something that was in the realm of possibility for this these um characters in the movie yeah i so i that that part made it seem even more to confirm his suspicions that it was pre-planned oh see i i felt like it was the opposite i felt like he bought in i know that was the intent right i know that was the intent but that to me it was like i think that could have been done a little bit better i was fine with it considering they showed the planes coming down and i think they cut to the husband and you could tell, or he said something, I don't know if it was a look or whether he said something, but there was acknowledgement at that moment that he's like, okay, this is really happening. This is live. This is real. I, I'm no longer in the, this is pre-recorded thing. So then once you've established that, then when Batista starts quoting it, it has a completely different relevance. If he had quoted the earlier ones, I think I'm with you. It would have been like, oh, that adds to my belief that this is fake. But I think you cross that Rubicon of this is live. And now Batista's doing that. You're like, uh Oh, okay. This is real. Yeah. Well, so they did the flashbacks only with the couple, mm-hmm. not with the horsemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought once they established that, you know, the planes coming down in their backyard, they could have shown some sort of convincingness of, you know, why, uh, what do you say, a second grade teacher, mm-hmm. you know, would resort to, to this, you know, and, and murder and think that he's saving the world. You know, maybe his visions, maybe something. I don't know. I think showing uh, what would convince somebody to go through with this just mm-hmm. because they see something in a vision like that's uh, i know the uh the lady kept saying it was like every night and it was, she was haunted by the same same thing but it, yeah it, I, don't, I don't feel like that was very impactful for me yeah because i always try to put my myself in everyone's shoes in, in the movie of what would i do you know type of thing and so often skeptical and then because it was Shyamalan, you know, I'm I'm always trying to think my way out of the movie, and so mm-hmm. I think just knowing that he's part of it, he's uh, he made this movie worse for me because <laughs> I'm trying to think of what I would do at each stage of the movie, and I, and I kind of do that anyway. But I think normally, if I didn't know it was him, I would just be watching this with a blank, uh, blank mind theory. Uh, but he was because he's on the on the banner. I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking how's he how's he twisting for everything's sure. got to mean something you know I'm trying to look for little clues and I don't think this was that kind of movie no it wasn't it was pretty straightforward I don't think there are little Easter eggs anywhere in mm, for me no nope. I think I think they played notice? it yeah yeah they played it straight I, that's that's the twist like you said the twist is that there was no twist they just laid the cards on the table really like I said from the trailer and just let it let it play out how we all thought it was the premise was the premise. Um, the the choice being presented was the choice being presented. Everything ended up being real, um, and we got to see it see it play out just like that. So you go in the next Shyamalan movie? 
Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, this was this was fine. Um, you know, until he you know lays another turd, which honestly, for the last, how I mean, old was okay. Uh, this was better than old. I don't remember if you saw old or not. The, but this is be- this was better than old. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and old was not as good as Split or Glass, even though I didn't really love either of them. Like I said, he's just kind of like right in that middle now, where he hasn't like dropped a a one and a half two star movie on me, but he's still not. You know, back to his four star territory. So I guess I'm just an, enough of a sucker to hope he finds the magic again. Yeah, I liked Unbreakable. I like Split. Glass was kind of a letdown. Agreed. Um, and so, but yeah, no, he's still get another shot. I'll still mm-hmm. go see it. Um, I feel like a fair comparable to how I feel about him is Jordan Peele. Um, I could I could definitely see that. I mean, surface level, you know, you come out of the gates real hot with right. you know a great movie, especially in like the horror kind of thriller genre. And then, you know, how do you follow that up? Um, let's see, there was what Get Out, and then we did Us, Us. Okay, right. Again, nope. a little twisty, a little bit, a little bit of a step down. And then you got Nope, um, which is not really. Well, kind of, I guess it tried to be a little twisty, a little suspenseful. So yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair comparison. I think, um, you know, Shyamalan's got a lot more movies under his belt, whereas Peel's only got three. So we'll see where he goes. But I, I think we made that. I think when we talked, nope, we maybe mentioned that that it was, you know, is this going to be a Shyamalan type arc, or is Jordan Peel going to avoid like the real bad duds? Well, I think it was more my my feelings on the matter of didn't really like the last one, but uh, didn't hate it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving him another shot. So I'm going to go see it, you know, just because it's Jordan Peele or just, yeah. you know, just because it's Shyamalan. Yeah, I, I will say I, I rewatched Nope a while back and I, I think I liked it slightly better than the first time. Get those, you know, to, to our point, right? Get the expectations out of the way, figure out, you know, be able to appreciate it for more of what it is instead of what I think it could be or what it might be. Um, but it's still, there. I mean, there's no debating that, I you know, he, so far, he, Get Out is phenomenally better than us or the other two yeah yeah but i mean that's that's kind of you know that's the unfortunate side of like being a creative person i guess right like nobody you want to come out hot right there's no reason not to but then you know you're just constantly going to be churning after that big success (laughs) that you had and i I, it's got to suck right to always feel like like what if he? What if that's it? What if jordan peele's best movie will always go down as get out i mean he's going to be chasing that ghost for his entire life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with making a, just an incredible movie that is so good, but I feel for somebody who has to, I mean, like compared to the sports world, like you come out and win your MVP and your Super Bowl in year one. I mean, the expectation Where do you go from there. Where do you <laughs> right. go from there? <laughs> right. You're always going to be chasing that. But at the same token, you always get to say, yeah, but I, I did that. How many people don't make a movie like, uh, right, get out. So yeah, I I agree for a number of different reasons about the the Shyamalan comparison there. So what do we got? What do we got going on this year? We got a bunch of bunch I don't of know, not this impressive year, bunch well, of. Well, we're gonna be back next week because we got Ant Man. We do have Ant Man. Yeah, Quantum Mania. Yeah, and then I I know there's a little bit of a lull, but we got Creed three in March. So I definitely know that we've got. Um, we definitely got some coming around the corner, and then I we think got lots we, of Kang coming up. Yeah, that's definitely summer true. of Kang. Yeah, I'm very interested to see. I, I will say Creed trailer looked good. Creed posters are unbelievably bad. I don't know what's going on in their marketing department, but their posters make me angry. 
Um, let's see. <laughs> Ant Man got Creed three in March. Uh, oh god, Scream six, Shazam two, are both in March. I think that Adam Driver sixty five movies in March. So we we got some things to pick from. I re- I I don't know that I'll see Shazam two in theater. I just uh, well well you don't like the 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 path that they laid out for. For DC, I mean, I actually kind of enjoyed. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed Shazam one, but like, I don't know what the point is in investing in anything DC right now. I just don't. I think it's just understand. a nice little sequel to Shazam, and you can <laughs> yeah. leave it in its own little world. Uh, John Wick four at the end of March, so that'll all be that's good. in March. Uh, yeah, Creed three. So we've had six, nothing Shazam for the last you know six <laughs> yeah. months, and then all of a sudden you hit us with everything yep. in March. Then we get Mario Brothers, maybe a Salem's Lot, we get Guardians 3, I'm not seeing Fast 10, Spider-Verse 2 this summer, The Flash, and, uh, Indiana You know what's uh, disappointing is Mario Brothers is not going to be the SNL trailer with Pedro <laughs> Pascal. I know that's, it won't uh, be. That's an amazing movie that will never get made, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, a, that'd been a great movie. Yeah. It'll be interesting. So, yeah, we definitely got some stuff we got to see. I think March we're going to have to be a little picky. I mean, John Wick 4 is an absolute must, and Creed 3 is an absolute must. So I feel like those are those are locks for March. Um, and then Ant-Man gets us through, through February. So, yeah, at least we have a couple more episodes lined up for sure. Good. We got Garrett to the theater. So that's what, that's what we <laughs> see, needed. He's got to make something I'm interested in. Shocking. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. You can find me at Two Views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at Two Views Movies, or you can email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen, we are there. And we will be back sometime next week after we get a chance to see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And after we win the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think that worked out well last time for us when we talked about that on the pod. So maybe maybe edit that one After we win the Super Bowl. (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both.